Hello everyone and welcome to the first episode of the Snap Count Podcast. We are so excited. My name is Trace Bell and I am here with my partner, Tina Olson. How's it feel, Tina? Oh my gosh, I am bursting at the seams of excitement. What's so funny is our relationship began with the idea of having you on my podcast, but I didn't know you. (laughs) I had asked through your dad if you'd be on my podcast, and so it's just really fun to now be starting a podcast with you. It's so great. Yeah, I I joke with Tina that she had the best online dating profile that she didn't know was an online dating profile because I was able to Google her name, see her podcast, see her uh, YouTube channel, see her website, um, so podcast has been a way that we've actually met and now it's so amazing that we're actually getting to do it together. Yeah, so, it's really, really yeah, fun. It's so My fun. cheeks kind of hurt. Yeah, I can, <laughs> I can see. Yeah, you're, they, the, the way you're smiling, I can imagine that your cheeks are probably <laughs> hurt after a little bit, get a little sore after a little while. Oh um, so I thought for this first episode of our podcast together, I thought we could talk about the different ways that we both came into spirituality. I, I use this word called doorways, where I say that everyone has their own doorway that they came into spirituality through. So some people come through organized religion. Some people call, come through uh, certain events that happen in their life. Some people come through just a natural curiosity. Mm-hmm. And you and I both have different doorways that we came into spirituality through. I mean, some they overlap in certain ways, but there's also some differences in, in certain ways. So I thought that we could discuss our different doorways and kind of talk about how we came into our um, spiritual, into our spirituality. I love that. I love that idea so much. And because a lot of what we do, and of course it's inspired by your dad's work as well, is really wanting to give people permission. Obviously, inherently you are empowered, you have permission, but as humans, it really, really helps to remind each other that we have permission. We have these invitations to live our aligned personal path, whatever that looks like, and that it's all it's all leading to the same place. And so actually, can I co-opt a little bit and say like, can we talk a little bit about the place we feel like this is all aligned to uh, as far as like what our definition of spirituality is um, and then get into the doorway by which we came through to that? Sure. You want to start? You want to tell me what your definition of spirituality is? Well, yeah, I mean, this is going to be much less like something that would be accepted in the dictionary. It's probably going to be far fumblier or longer. But to me, it's about living a heart-centered life. And by heart-centered, it's so funny. Sometimes these things I feel like are almost described better by what they're not than what they are at times because what they are is so expansive, so infinite, so beyond language. Um So what I don't mean by heart-centered is this like almost meme of someone who's just solely guided by their emotions and they're kind of flopping all over the place, if you will, Um, or the term like bleeding heart liberal. You know, these things conjure up a particular life where the heart is kind of this thing that's just always emo and in pain and it's drama, right? And it's like, no, the heart-centered, the heart is like courageous. It's strong. Mm. It's a Mm -hmm. muscle. It's something that can hold all of it. And so for me, the spiritual path is, I'll just go with twofold for right now. One is around integrating all of the non-physical, the the fact that we are energetic beings 
primarily and that our physicality comes out of that energy and also then living as compassionate as unconditionally loving as self-compassionate as um almost like naturally forgiving because we are seeing this bigger greater unfolding to everything we're seeing life as a journey that's happening for us not to us and so all those things to me capture spirituality yeah so well said so well said um I completely, living from the heart is such a, a huge part of spirituality and you can't really do spirituality without really living from the heart and really learning to live and sink deeper and deeper into the heart. My definition of spirituality would include all everything you just said. Um, the, the, the language I would use for it personally and the definition I like is it's about a deep connection to life and reality itself, mm. which I know kind of sounds vague and kind of like, well, what does that even mean? And that's, it's sort of hard to articulate with, with words, what that even means. It's, it's like, like it's what a, does that even mean? Yes. Yeah. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> what does that even mean? Yes. It's about, a, it's about, a, um, establishing this deeper and deeper relationship and connection with the, the isness of life itself. Mm. Um, now whether you want to call that God source consciousness, um, again, there's so many different words, but to me, it's about developing a deeper and deeper relationship to that throughout a life. That's why it's called a spiritual journey is because the journey is developing a deeper and deeper relationship. And, and part of that, that developing that deeper and deeper relationship is living more from the heart, mm -hmm. being more unconditionally loving. Um, so I love that, that both of our definitions are, are, are the same, but they're, you know, using different words. That's one of the most beautiful aspects of spirituality is the different words that point to the same thing. And yeah. It feels like there's so much language that kind of all fits in. And there's so many directions for this to go which is why this is such a perfect idea for a first episode thank you trace like laying the foundation for all this stuff because we'll get into stuff deeper we'll talk i'm sure we'll have an episode about how we think about ego and how we're doing healing and expansion and transformative work and how we i'm looking at a squirrel right now how we integrate nature and how much like nature's wonder and awe is a source of our um daily spiritual practices mm, mm, i love that yeah, yeah. and yep. then of course meditation there's so many so many things that we're going to get to cover through this through this podcast yeah series. we're not short on ideas for topics and things <laughs> to talk about we have a lot of things um so i thought we could first um we we laid out our definitions of spirituality and how we define spirituality i thought we could talk about the our, our own journeys our own personal journeys mm. and how we grew into our own spirituality. So do you want me to go first or do you want to go first? Yeah, you go first. Me, I'll go first. Okay, so... And I'm going to ask you a bunch of questions along the way. Okay, so you're going to ask me a bunch of questions. Yeah. Awesome. So I... Every time I talk about my spiritual journey, I first start with being a kid and being... I call it Young, young Trace. Uh, and I remember that I had this just... This natural uh, curiosity and kind of wonder and awe about the world. And not only the world, about just existence itself. It was like... I, I remember being a young kid and remember feeling like, okay, I'm part of, I'm part of reality and reality is actually here to be explored. Like there's actually an inherent quality to reality that it's here to be explored and it's here to have a relationship with, and it's actually here to, to develop a deeper and deeper relationship with. So there was just this, this kind of, the best way I can describe it is just this this deep sense of wonder and awe about reality, this deep sense that it's this meant 
to be explored. It's meant to be um, kind of viewed in this way that it is so miraculous and mysterious. And that's, that's part of, that's one of the most beautiful gifts of life. So I remember as a kid, I was just, just this natural curiosity was just flowing through me about everything. Um, and the thing that always fascinated me most, the, the number one mystery to me was the mystery of consciousness. The mystery of consciousness was the most interesting thing that sat at the heart of existence for me. Um, the consciousness, I, as a kid, I was like, okay, consciousness there's, there's, I'm perceiving the world through consciousness, but I can't, I can't hold it in my hand. I can't really give it a shape or a texture or a color. Like it's this, I, I can't put my finger on it. It was like this like slippery mystery, you know, like where was, where was consciousness coming from? Where, what was this mystery of consciousness? That was always the most interesting thing. So as a kid, I, I, I had a dad who was, uh, my, my parents started a, a massive mega church in the Midwest and they were heavily involved in the kind of Christian structure, the organized religious structure, but I was never interested in the organized religious structure of Christianity. Um, I was just had this natural wonder and awe about the world and, and wonder and awe about consciousness. So I, I never connected with religion and, and um, religion wasn't a very big, big part of my journey. It was a big part of my parents' journey, but it wasn't a big part of my journey. So as I grew up, um, as a teen, I started to lose a little bit of that kind of natural wonder and awe and that ener that kind of young energy that I had. Um, but at the same time, I also was studying and reading, uh, reading more literature around consciousness and reading more, uh, things that were, was also sparking my wonder and awe. So I was losing a little bit of the spirit, but I was also diving deeper into some of the more, uh, some of the, the sources and some of the literature around my fascinations. Uh, so as an older, as an, as an adult, as in the past couple of years, it's my, my spiritual journey has really been a process of integrating that re reclaiming that childlike spirit and energy and kind of bubbly wonder and awe and integrating the studying and actually reading and integrating the, the intellect as well mm -hmm. so it's been like throughout my journey it was like more of a focus on in the, in the earlier part when I was a kid it was just a focus on that wonder and awe and then I lost that a little bit and just kind of went more into the intellect and now my my journey as an adult has been integrating both of those and combining mm -hmm. the intellect with that wonder and awe mm -hmm. so realizing that it all fits within my being uh, so really that's been my thread for that's been my doorway whenever I describe my doorway I describe my doorway as being just this natural just kind of yearning to, to develop a deeper and deeper connection with reality and explore consciousness um, and find out who I really am at the core um, did you have the word consciousness as a kid I didn't have this interesting because when I when I talk about how I how I felt as a kid I'm, it's now, it's like an adult trace using mm -hmm. my language to kind of articulate feelings I felt back then. I don't, I think I was aware, I was aware of that word and I think I was, I could have used that word as a young kid. Maybe once I started to get like a little, maybe like 10 years old or like 11 years old, maybe like, I don't think I was, knew that word at like seven or eight or even really knew what it meant. Um, but I really, when I when I put words to it now, I'm really putting words to something that I felt as a young kid, but I couldn't really fully articulate it as a young kid either. Mm -hmm. That that makes a lot of sense. I was curious if like six year old Trace was running around being like consciousness. No, no. <laughs> see that? I yeah, and that's that's. I don't want to make it seem like that when I when I tell that story. But it's not entirely out of the realm of possibilities given what your dad was teaching and into. You know what I that's mean? That's true. Yeah, yeah. That's that's definitely true. I I um I definitely think that 
that's how I, I knew that though that, that intuition and that feeling was so real is because I couldn't fully mm. articulate it and put it in words as a kid. It's like the things that are most real in our lives aren't the things that aren't always the things that we can just immediately articulate and put in like a coherent sentence. They're actually mm. like the feelings that are like so visceral and so real. They kind of transcend language and kind of defy language. Mm. We can't really like the heart speaks in, in uh, the heart doesn't speak in, language all the time you know mm-hmm. and that's what it really felt to me it was felt like there was just a mystery at the heart of existence and in my heart that I wasn't able it was speaking in a, something that I couldn't really fully use language to yeah. articulate or define yeah oh that's beautiful it's really beautiful um I find myself a little bit envious of your story because it, it feels graceful <laughs> yeah yeah it's and, and a lot I, I look back at my journey and I think wow I've, I've definitely as far as the a spiritual journey is gone. Like it's been very graceful in the in the grand scheme of things. Of course, there were hard parts, and of course, there were you know trials and tribulations and mm-hmm. um, tough parts and, and struggles. But overall, it wasn't my spiritual journey wasn't um, my my doorway wasn't a lot of struggle and pain that led me mm-hmm. into spirituality. There was struggle and pain around along the way, which which played a role on the journey but it wasn't the main that's why i say struggle and pain isn't my doorway it's actually mm-hmm. it was this natural kind of wonder and awe and curiosity so mm-hmm. my path has been very graceful yeah mm. how do i say this without like making it well, i'm just gonna start trying to put words and you'll help me um there's something really inspiring here around the fact that your parents are who they are were on their own journeys of expansion beyond what they were given. So it has nothing to do with making the Jesus story or Christianity wrong, but it's like that container by which they were operating began not to not work for them anymore. And so they were naturally continuing to expand and follow their expansion. And it has led them to um, this really integrated view of, of spirituality mm-hmm. and that's the place that your your dad's teachings come come from and have come from for, for a long time like he's had this really beautiful expanded view so you grew up as that in the air and in the conversations and in the water of your of your home and your family environment and so what that evokes for me is for the people listening who are raising kids and I know of course you have done a talk called how to talk to your kids about spirituality that's now available on your website for audio download. It's There's this really beautiful possibility that humans can be doing their own work, can be walking their path just as your parents have done and create an environment by which then their kids, if they're naturally inclined, and again, we'll, we can we can expand, we will expand upon doorways. The doorway doesn't have to be into the literal spirituality. The doorway can be into music as spirituality or science as spirituality or nature as spirituality. But like there's this possibility that instead of it having to be through pain and loss and all these things because of being like so asleep or, or so bought into the current paradigm, it's actually entirely possible to raise kids who have a more graceful entrance through their door like you did. Absolutely. And that's that's the future I, I see and envision is I see a, a future in which uh, 
kids are really growing up in these kind of environments where spirituality is encouraged and not encouraged in the way in which parents are like forcing spirituality on their children. They're just simply creating such a, I would call it like spiritually conducive environment mm. that allows their kids to fully explore who they are and grow mm-hmm. into their own spirituality. So it's actually like a very kind of natural, graceful path. Mm-hmm. Um, and rather than like you're saying, like rather than this idea of like people are kind of grow up in these environments where they become so asleep and then it's like mm-hmm. they, they're kind of like, it's like a forced awakening and mm-hmm. um, later in their lives. And that can, you know, comes with a lot of, like that, that's hard. It's not a, it's not a super graceful path. It's mm-hmm. it, all, all paths are, are beautiful and necessary for the, mm-hmm. for the person. But we also, you know, have to be real and say that some paths aren't as graceful as others. And I, I feel with the evolution of consciousness and the way that consciousness is elevating in so many different areas, uh, parents are parenting from a more evolved place than they were in the past. And parents of uh, parenting from this more spiritually mature place in which they're letting their kids, um, grow, uh, to their own spirituality and, and their these parents are fostering their kids curiosity and letting them really explore their curiosity we're going to have more and more generations that are growing up with this more graceful path kind of mm-hmm. like i did so mm-hmm. i am very pat this is one of the things in my work i'm really passionate about is helping parents create that environment because i know how beneficial it was for me mm-hmm. to to have parents that were involved in organized religion didn't push that organized religion on me simply let me follow my curiosity wonder and awe let me grow into my own spirituality like that was a a, a really um advanced move by my parents like it was it, it was uh and it was something that that helped me so much in my journey and i'm really passionate about helping parents do the same thing because i know how much it helped me shout out to rob and Kristen for the advanced player moves shout out to rob and Kristen for the advanced player moves that's right well and so much of it we'll definitely get to this further or in more detail and in future episodes, but so much of this spiritual path is not simply about aligning thoughts to some sort of belief system or like proclaiming we're living a heart centered life. It's actually like doing this really hard, deep emotional work. And I want to remove the word hard from that sentence. It can feel hard at times. I don't want to like, a dogmatic that it has to be hard but it's um it's challenging of oneself one's persona that you put out into the world it's undoing layers of coping mechanisms it's diving into patterning that's been passed down potentially for generations uh it's examining the structures or the beliefs given to us from the outside world that might still very much be the dominant paradigm and yet choosing something else but not from a place of like making wrong but rather from a place of like truly feeling what's right from within like there's there's a lot to this and a lot more than we could even possibly put words to that then create that environment that you were allowed to explore your curiosity and wonder and awe because your nervous system wasn't having to protect you from constant trauma or you know other things like that 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 there's a a lot of people who that is their experience is that they're just trying to survive their environment or their upbringing yeah definitely it's it's the the emotional healing aspect of spirituality is so important because you see if you're if you're not doing that emotional healing 
and really healing all these different parts of you, then you, there's no way you can create a healthy environment for your kids to grow. Yeah. So I, I, I like that perspective on spirituality, that it's about, you know, exploring reality and developing a deeper, deeper relationship with life itself. And, but you can't do that unless it's also, you're also doing your own personal healing work mm -hmm. and healing yourself. Mm -hmm. um, because otherwise it'll just be a complete mess. Mm -hmm. uh, so that's a, that's a very, that's a very integrated perspective on spirituality mm -hmm. is having all these different, um, all these different facets, waking up, growing up, cleaning up. There's, there's different, like you have to do all of them at the same time or else mm -hmm. it's, it's going to be all, you know, disjointed. It, the visual coming to me is like trying to build a foundation the foundation of the wonder and awe and curiosity and heart centeredness on top of like something that's liquid or mostly liquid, right? Yeah. Like very muddy sand or something. And it's just like, if it's not solid down there, like that foundation isn't going to stick. You're not going to still be able to be curious in life's hardest moments if you haven't done that like drudging work to get the the other stuff out and one of my hopes for the future generation for anyone who's listening who does have kids or I mean all of us humans influence other humans is that we're the ones doing this massive work energetically or emotionally whatever words you want to put to it so that that energy is transmuted it's leaving the planet every time someone's angry at us someone tosses what i call the proverbial hot potato at us and we choose to put it down instead of tossing it at somebody else and i'm talking about like micro decisions like an email comes in hot <laughs> someone's bad and instead of immediately reacting or responding and passing it on or blaming somebody else or firing something back we let it like simmer and come to a cool down we are actively moving angry energy off the planet because it's all it's kind of like a virus it's like it only can be passed along if there's active participants who are still passing it along yeah that's very well said yeah if that these, these things are only in circulation. These things are only repeated patterns because they're repeated patterns being acted upon by humans. The humans are perpetuating the repeated pattern. It's like if we <laughs> yeah. if we were all were doing the work, we'd see a lot of these these patterns and these um, dysfunctions kind of stop. Yeah, yeah. Oh, what a beautiful doorway you have, sir. Yes, yes. So that so that was my doorway. Tina, do you want to talk a little bit about your doorway? Oh. Yes, and what's interesting is I have, I think I have an aspect that has hesitated to fully own my doorway and instead on behalf of what others might feel about it have tried to clean it up or only tell parts of it. But my reality is that I was in a very non-conducive relationship a marriage I ended that and was then in a relationship with somebody who was bringing in and I was bringing in a much much higher vibration way of living and being 
and that relationship ended rather abruptly with a very traumatic event of his father's murder-suicide. And when that relationship ended, I started to awaken to other aspects of reality that had only kind of played peekaboo with me every once in a while. What I mean by that is, like I remember in high school having like psychic knowings. Um, like I remember I was going late to school one day, like I slept in a missed first period. And so I was driving to school at a time that no, pretty much no one else was driving to school as opposed to during the normal commute. And a particular person popped into my head as I was getting ready. And then I saw them drive by at the same, you know, off hour that I was oh, driving wow. by to school. Yeah. Like these little glimpses. And so once this relationship ended, this person's mom was also on the other side. And I felt her presence communicating with me. And that made no sense to me on so many levels. And what I can say is that by this point in time in my life, this was about eight years ago, I was so, prior to that, I was so mind dominated and I was craving something else. I remember thinking in my early 20s in my first cubicle job, like this can't be all there is. But then I kept looking to the material world for something else. So first it was a master's degree. Oh, okay. If, if this, if this isn't all there is, I'll get a master's degree and entertain myself. And I knew like at the time I wasn't necessarily doing the master's for a vocation I was doing it for like fulfillment and it filled that need but it was postmodern political theory so like it it was fulfilling this spiritual side that I didn't have language for but the philosophy I mean it's so inextricably intertwined right and so it was like these little things but then over time it's almost like it's like capitalism filled in that void yeah <laughs> like shoes and purses filled yeah. in that void for a time period and of course that was empty, even though the shoes were lovely. And so what was so interesting about this whole scenario is it was exactly what I needed to break out of what we would call in spiral dynamics, like a super stage orange mind dominated way of existing because there was no explanation on any level as to why I was having these simultaneous experiences of like extreme grief and heartbreak and also this person's mother bringing me signs. And I hadn't even read, like there was nothing in my brain that could validate anything that I was experiencing. These were just pure experiences. And about two weeks in to these to this new phase of life, I had this realization that the darkness that I was experiencing was because I was blaming my heart for loving too much. Mm. I loved too much and ended up in this painful situation. I had trusted too much, right? And all of a sudden I had this epiphany that it was the exact opposite was what was true. That it's actually 
the only way to live is to love this deeply. And that, yes, this mm-hmm. pain is a part of it now, but it was, it was that switch from blaming the heart and closing it and closing it, and closing it, and thus my entire being feeling more and more and more bleak and dark to, oh, it's like my heart is now the leader. My heart is the guide. And yes, there's pain and there's grief and there's loss and there's trauma and there's all these other things in here. But there's there's also this is also like the only new way forward. Yeah, yeah. Wow. So when you look back on your it feels to me like when when I hear you talk about your your journey, you have a really beautiful way of taking all this this pain and struggle and actually sort of accepting and loving it and seeing it as all part of the process. Yeah. I mean, so there's a Hindu goddess named Kali. Yeah. And she's the one with like the skulls around her neck and stuff. I know you know, but for for anyone listening who's not familiar. And she's like she's this huge unconditional love that feels like I'm just going to come in here kick your ass, burn it down, like and forcibly get rid of anything that isn't part of you doesn't need that you don't need along for your journey and so it really was that energy and so part of my journey then later on became needing to heal my relationship with spirit because I then kind of had this trauma response reaction of like oh shit am I gonna get like kicked and beaten and boulders pitched at me again if I ever if I ever am not perfectly on the path (laughs) is this gonna be another like like it felt like spiritual gang intervention or something you know I mean it felt really really intense and I I don't mean to be overly dramatic for people who've actually gone through you know I can't even begin to fathom, but I'm just trying to describe using analogy, the nervous system response and the relationship because I went from having no relationship with spirit. I did not have any religion growing up. I had parents who felt that like values and ethics were enough for them to be able to impart upon us what, how they thought living like a, a quote unquote good life. Right. And so I went from no relationship with spirit to, oh shit, spirit comes in to kick your ass when you're really off track Mm -hmm. (laughs) and spirit will get you back on track, but it's going to come at a cost. It's going to come at like potential loss of the things that matter to you most. Yeah. Yeah. And so then there was a whole healing journey around that too. And I can honestly say that my life, including all of that, I would not change a single aspect of it. It's richer and more vibrant, more alive, more heart-centered. There's, there's, no, there's no bitterness and there's relatively little fear left in me. Mm, mm-hmm. A little bit. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> Yeah. So this is one of the things that's most interesting about uh, and most 
I don't even want to use the word interesting. That's too bland of a word. Uh, most fulfilling about our relationship is we both had these such different journeys as far as our doorways and how we came to spirituality. And it both, it impacts how each of us understands certain things. And part of our relationship has been this kind of mutual understanding of each other and, and acceptance that we had different paths and maybe have different understanding about some things. Uh, there's an analogy you use about flashlights, right? That Yeah. So Trace and I used to get into this like very frustrating dynamic for both of us, which was spirituality is one of the things that matters to both of us most in life and because it is life everything is spiritual yeah i know a guy says that yeah occasionally occasionally um and at the same time it felt like we were speaking two different languages at times and so it would frustrate us on a human level because we knew that that couldn't be capital t truth like we knew we were missing something if we kept missing each other on this, right? We hadn't yet broken through to how was Trace speaking one language and I was speaking another and the translation was getting lost sometimes, but we're meant to teach spiritually together and to be spiritually together. Like what, how, how do we do this? So we meditated together. And what I was shown was this, like just this metaphor of a huge chalkboard. And it was black with white, chalk on it and it was writing everywhere kind of reminds me of your dad's whiteboard in the early days i've only seen like photos of it but it's like there's writing everywhere right equations and things and things pointing to other things and and this chalkboard's like practically infinite it's huge right and each of us have like a headlamp or a flashlight and we're seeing one particular part of this chalkboard so if like the entire uh universe multiverse, whatever experience, reality was somehow written out, then we were each seeing a part and there was no Venn diagram at the time I was shown this of what you were seeing and what I was seeing. And so we were missing each other, not because what I was saying wasn't true or what you were saying wasn't true, but we were missing each other simply because we didn't realize that we were each only seeing what was in front of our own flashlights. And so part of the birthplace of this podcast is like, wouldn't it be fun to get super curious with each other and share this with the world about what you're seeing with your flashlight and what I'm seeing with mine? Yeah, yeah, I love that. I love that analogy. And that's really, it's probably a good place to end this this episode off on because that is really, that analogy encapsulates what we're kind of doing. That's such with, a teaser. With the, exactly, we gotta, get, we gotta get people interested in wanting, wanting more, you know? Like, you know, the, the, the trailer for a movie ends with you wanting to go see the movie. I uh, love it. Uh, so that, that analogy really feels like it encapsulates what we're trying to do with this podcast and, and just understand uh, the space that be, each of our flashlights are occupying even more and just shine yeah. that flashlight even more. Uh, and anyone listening, it can be a challenge sometimes when you have your own language around your own kind of spirituality and, and it can be a challenge interacting with others who have different mm-hmm. language. And it's actually a, uh, one of the... In my belief, one of the actual real uh, areas for growth and opportunity and invitation for growth is is learning how to understand others' language and really mm-hmm. understand the overlapping ways and understanding how your language fits in with their language. 
So because we can, our egos can get so attached. Yeah. To our doorways because yeah. we know our personal experiences. Yeah. And we don't want anyone to take those personal experiences away from us. Like, I think that's one of our biggest fears is that, like, somehow someone's going to tell us that one of those experiences is wrong. And you're like, no, I've experienced it. Yeah, right? yeah, totally. And I feel like that's just yet, once again, another opportunity of this practice of self-compassion. It's like over and over and over again, we get to be compassionate because we are spiritual beings having a human experience. And as your dad always says, We've never done this before. Mm. No one else has been Trace Bell or Tina Olson. So it's all like magically happening and unfolding right before our eyes. Yeah. And self-compassion and a Rob Bell quote feels like a good note to end <laughs> this first episode off. Uh, so that was, a, that was an amazing first episode. I'm so glad we got to do this. I think we should tell people about our projects and what we have coming up. I think we should let the people know. I love uh, that. So we Invitations. Have, we have a new class called Head to Heart, which is all about moving down from the head to the heart and living from your heart more. And that's that's available on my website at tracebell.com, T-R-A-C-E-B-E-L-L-L.com. Thank you so much for listening, everyone. Much love and remember, stay curious. <laughs>